Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first installment of the Hika Works podcast. And here we go for the first episode of the official Hika Works podcast. Uh, Mike, you want to open it up? Give everybody a brief intro, real quick. Hey, everybody, this is Mike Brenner with Hika. Um, I've spent the entire morning trying to engineer some warmer weather for the weekend down here in Melbourne, Florida. <laughs> um, I figured that uh, everybody would appreciate that. I've given myself till noon today. I've made absolutely no progress, so I'm just going on the uh, going on the fact that it's going to be warmer in Melbourne, Florida, than it will be in um, northern New Jersey this weekend. And and I, I I guess I'm okay with that. Hey, just a real quick second, Trevor, on you know why Hika, right? Um, we fundamentally deliver on our promise, right? Uh, we repeatedly do that. Um, a lot of times we have to do it in very unconventional format uh, using a lot of discipline and rigor around engineering process, but we're really just, you know, fundamentally we're, we're scrum on steroids, right? Really trying to solve problems that haven't been solved before. Um, we seem to attack roadblocks very well. We're very transparent. Um, you know, we we become our customers' um, go-to source for extra engineering horsepower. Um, I don't know how much we want to say about Hika. I'm I'm comfortable with that. Um, but yeah, that's I'm a... always always comfortable. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, that's a, a nice little round out, but just a, a small little addition to Mike and all this stuff that you guys can find on our website and our, our social media pages. Uh, there will be a link uh, drop down in the description if you want more information on that. But other than all this discipline and rigor, you know, around engineering services, uh, Hika is a, a small business that is really people focused and um, is focused around developing cool technology. I don't know how. How else to say that? But uh, that's one of the other pillars of Hika, and it's what keeps our engineers happy and, and getting out of bed in the morning. So, just to know right there. So, uh, Mike is being a little humble this morning. He didn't really mention anything about himself. Uh, I'll just give him a little pivot real quick before we get back on topic. But Mike was an IBM guy for how, how many years? You think, Mike? Way too many. Way too many. Um, yeah, you still got half of my life. I wish I could have every second back. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you still don't have an indent from that skinny tie around your neck. Um, I I actually do. I actually do. I, oh, I'll have do. to. Uh, yeah, I'll push some photos out on LinkedIn of my, yeah. of my skinny throat. Of your battle scars. Yeah. yeah, so. Absolutely. So after IBM, uh, you kind of entered the. Well, I get you already in the commercial market. So you basically took a more entrepreneurial tilt to your career and uh, found your way to Hika. And we, we absolutely love having you. Uh, real quick about me, I'm just an FIT grad, uh, finance and, and then MBA. So we're both not really technical people, but we love tech and we love uh, doing all we can do to support those efforts throughout the industry. Um, so, yeah, that's part of the big part of the podcast is just us 
talking about cool tech that we like, talking to interesting people that are doing some really interesting stuff around uh, engineering and developing their own IP and chasing patents and government contracts. So there's a lot, a lot to unpack, uh, and we will be your guides. So from there, Mike, what's uh, what's got you excited these days? There's so much modernization taking place, right, around um, around the you know the aerospace super cycle, right, around aerospace and 5G, um, around avionics and avionics modernization to support the 5G paradigm shift in the marketplace. Huge, huge. Yeah. Well, okay. So questions immediately. So to give a little context for the people, so you're saying like product modernization, what does that look like? And like, who are the, the companies and people that are needing that specific service? Is it, you know, people that have some old schematics that they can't get the inputs and components anymore. So they have to rework and, and design whole new products around a different schematic. Uh, what does that look like? Uh, well, I think it takes on many forms, right? I, and Trevor, I think you. Uh, and by the way, you did sell yourself short, right? You're just a. You just. You're not just a, a new grad out of FIT. You know, your uh, your MBA in finance and neurosurgery. Um, <laughs> you know, suggests that you are a well-rounded human being, right? Not only can you count. Trying. Um, trying. Not not only can you count money, but you can perform brain surgery. Simultaneously, folks. Simultaneously. No, I mean, let's talk about modernizations, right? So you've got a, you've got a phone. You've got, I've got an iPhone. Um, I've been a big, I, I, in fact, I have an entire Apple ecosystem. I, I, I've been using, I've been using Apple products since 1986, with the first version of Macintosh, which was basically a shoebox standing on its end. Um, mm-hmm. That didn't do a whole lot, but it did more than pen and paper. So the demands that you know the Apple consumer placed on Apple to modernize still take place today across every product that is mm-hmm. consumed, has been consumed, will be continued to be consumed. Um, so customers, you know, that supply chain of modernization requirements, if you if is consumer driven um, and, and, you know, industries are consumers of technology. Um, They drive um, manufacturers to produce better, faster, slicker, cheaper, um, more colorful, more, um, you know, more experience with the product. Um, So you've got that angle. And, and then you've just got, you know, it, it, um, institutional research, right? That says, hey, I can, you know, given NVIDIA's technology direction or, or Skyworks Solution technology direction, I can, I can do something a little bit different and, and, I can, and I can continue to do what I'm doing today, but faster and cheaper. So, you know, a lot of internal um, thinking takes place in industry to, to modernize all stuff. And then you've got then you've got kind of a third dimension, and there's many more dimensions here. But you've got a third dimension where technology itself, like 5G, right, requires 
other technology to modernize, to take advantage of, quote unquote, in this case, the, the, the 5G offering, right? Mm -hmm. So you have technology as a supplier of innovation, modernization requirements. Kind of a cool, cool place to be if you're an engineering services firm with a lot of, you know, ambitious, um, ambitious young engineers, as well as, you know, boring old legacy engineers. Um, they they kind of get excited about, you know, modernizing things. It's, 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 it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Absolutely. If if our people aren't uh, anything, they're definitely ambitious. So, uh, yeah, another question. It, it was so funny because those two kind of intro sentences uh, you said when we kicked things off gave me two questions. So after the product modernization, we covered that a little bit. Uh, you mentioned kind of a tag word that I thought was really interesting. So the aerospace super cycle. Can you uh, give a little information about that? Clear it up for us. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I'll go back to, uh, you know, a, as an investor, right? We're all we're all trying to figure out how we're going to survive, right? Post uh, post seventy years old, right? Mm -hmm. if, if we're blessed enough to get to seventy, right? You got to figure out how to get to a hundred. Um, so we're we're all investors. We're all looking for opportunities, and and if you take a step back from you know, traditional air, aerospace, right? Um, and just, you know, look at Boeing for just a minute. Um, not, a, not a lot of modernization between, I'll say the mid seventies and uh, say 2015 in their fleet. Yeah, the bathrooms were painted a different color. They upgraded the seats. Um, they figured out how to, you know, put more people on a plane in the same amount of space. Um, we've all experienced the, the, the legacy fleet, right? Well, this super cycle is, is the airlines themselves are in the business of customer experience, right? And if I can fly on a South, if I can fly more comfortably on a Southwest airplane than I can on a Delta jet for the same amount of money, well, by gosh, I'm going to fly Southwest, right? And and so the, the airlines are really driving um, what I'll call this aerospace super cycle um, from a you know from a traditional airline perspective, and you know uh, the, the the manufacturers are are responding. Um, okay, so I think uh, I think I hear what you're saying. It's it's kind of circling back and. and it makes sense that it's cyclical now because in um, yeah, yeah. my lifetime, I haven't really experienced it, but also for a, a good part of my life, uh, I was not a big flyer. So I keep hearing one of the big case studies um, in business school was JetBlue and how they kind of took the industry by storm because nobody really you know, thought about putting the customer first and actually giving them more of a, uh, a pleasant experience and not just packing everybody in like sardines yeah. and throwing them up um, yeah. onto the next city. Well, I, I, and before, before JetBlue, right, it was AirTran. It wasn't, it was AirTran. I think AirTran may have gone out of business and then AirTran came back, rebranded as JetBlue. Maybe I've got that story straight. Maybe I don't, I don't, I don't really care, but I mean, who's not yeah, going to fly? 
who's not going to fly between Atlanta and New York City for 39 bucks? I mean, I, I would stand and, and hold the strap like I was on a city bus if I could do it for 39 bucks. Right? Yeah, if I could do that yeah, they for 39 could. bucks, hey, I let somebody punch me in the face. You kidding me? That's basically what you get when you hop yeah. on Spirit Airlines or Frontier. Well, yeah, and, and you also, right, as, a, um, as, as an airline, right, I, I don't, I'm not sure how they did it, right, how, how they survived for a week at $39 a seat. Um, and, and it was all $39. That's back when I think they still threw a, threw a package of uh, cookies or peanuts at you with a, uh, with a cup of coffee or, or, a, or a soda. But, you know, i not not sure how they did it. I, I'm not sure how the industry um, neutralized that discount uh, strategy. I, I, and, and I see those rates, right? I, and I, obviously, um, you need you need cheaper uh, cheaper planes, more more advanced planes to 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 be able to make a financial decision like that as an airline to be able to draw a different crowd. The other thing that AirTran and JetBlue did was they all of a sudden, right? They democratized air travel to to people that had traditionally not been able to afford air travel. I mean, think about it. You can have a family of four or five fly anywhere for less than 200 bucks. I, I don't you know, hit it right, yeah. More than tag and title on the, uh, you know, all the way, but. Yeah, with all um, the add-ons, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, the rental car, <clears throat> landed was going to be more money you were going to spend more money on that rental car than you were the flight <laughs> that happened to me i probably paid three times uh my ticket yeah. price for a rental car yeah. up in seattle so <laughs> been there yeah great great conversation trevor great conversation and we see you know so you've got you've got legacy um, technology companies. All right, so give have, everybody a, a description of what you mean by legacy, because not everybody might know uh, what exactly you're referring to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I make these, I make these silly assumptions that everybody, you know, you know, pays attention to me and just me. Um, yeah, so <laughs> legacy companies, right? So these are traditional. Um, I would say for the most part, non-growth companies. These are companies that exist because they found a marketplace. They have a tribe of followers in that marketplace. They have it, meaning, you know, they have consumers of what they offer and they've been doing it for, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 100 years. They, basically, it's the same, it's the same model. It could be, um, you know, it could be an IBM, it could be a Johnson and Johnson, it could be a Harris Corporation, right? Now, these these legacy companies, they they do need to reinvent themselves because their shareholders still want growth at a reasonable price, right? Absolutely, or that's, go... that's who they answer to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and then on the other side of the coin, um, and we have uh, several of these customers. Uh, Pika has several of these customers, right? These are new entrants into the marketplace who are able to sprint faster 
then a legacy company can sprint mm -hmm. towards a a new marketplace requirement. Um, and we can talk about Martac, right? We can talk about you know Avidyne. We can talk about um, Falcon Power. Um, and these are very young, very nimble companies, all with violently disruptive technology mm -hmm. that are trying to run faster, and they're doing it, run faster than legacy companies. I mean, it takes a lot to get something done um, inside of a yeah, legacy company. It, it does, but um, it's interesting because we've actually been been having this problem. So without the the big bureaucracy to kind of gum up the works and, and slow everything down, uh, I think it is a good thing to not have it, but like there's a tipping point, right? Where it becomes unhealthy not to have that structure and rigidity. So what do you think the balance is? Because yeah. we, we've had yeah. some trouble with yeah. uh, some of our employees gathering requirements and stuff like that. And it's just because our, our procedure wasn't there. Like we don't, we're not big enough to warrant any kind of significant effort towards documentation in that area, but we learned that we kind of got to come around back to it. So Mike, uh, what do you think about that? Like where, where, yeah, where does it become detrimental? I think, it's been, I think it's empowerment. I think it's empowerment. I mean, 20, 25 years of working um, for the IBM corporation. I, I, I think the only valuable thing I learned was was on my first day back in uh, oh man back in ninety three or ninety six I, I I can't I'm not going to do the math but I, it was man it, you it keep was dating yourself guy. what is this yeah yeah I wish I could get a date I can't even get Cheryl to take me out <laughs> on a date um so so the, the first day a uh, a legacy IBMer took me aside. As, and he was mentoring me on my first day. I was in my early 30s. And he said, IBM's paying you to do one thing. Take a calculated risk. But taking a calculated risk, doing the calculation for that risk, that's a lot of work. So you got to make sure you, 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 you make the correct calculated guess, right? And take that risk. And I think that's what's lacking today in legacy organizations, legacy industries, legacy companies, right? Um, first of all, there is no decision maker. Nobody can really make a decision. Um, I don't think a first, second, third line manager at IBM can even decide if somebody needs a, you know, to, to approve a cell phone. Um, if you had to go to the bathroom and raise your hand, nobody would, no, nobody would say go or not go. I mean, Legacy companies, their downfall is nobody's willing to make take a calculated risk. Nobody's willing to say go do that. Right? You got a week to go do that, or you got you got a year to go make that happen. Um, very difficult to to have those decisions made. I was at I was at Martac yesterday, right, with uh, with the president Bruce Hansen, and Bruce. As we probably spent 30 minutes and, and I knew what he was doing mentally. He was, we were kind of a sounding board for him. And as, as we were um, collaborating, he was making, you know, he, he was making calculated decisions 
based on our conversation. Some of it was relevant to our conversation and other things. I, I know you, you get a small, nimble company. They can do things because they're willing to take a bat. They're willing to take a risk, right? They're calculating. They're not making belligerent decisions. Um, but that's, yeah. that's the difference. Did I, did I answer that question? Yeah, I, th- I think you uh, you hit it on the nose, and that's that's a big part of it too, right? Is is your investment horizon? These companies have been around for so long; they're just worried worried about you know either giving us all a dividend or just showing solid numbers on um, their financial statements uh, at the end of each quarter. So uh, it seems like priority kind of feeds into that as well, and they're just thinking, you know keep feeding the shareholders and uh, keeping our head down and, and moving forward. And uh, once again, like I totally agree with you because that gives us the opportunity to really uh, <laughs> consider some pretty outlandish stuff uh, and maybe put a little bit more effort or money into it than, you know, these dusty old legacy companies we're talking about. And, and we, we joke and we punch at them and um, they've accomplished a lot and they support, you know, a bunch of different industries across the U.S., but I mean, there's something to be said for for our argument that we're presenting to you guys here. So, uh, if you disagree, let us know. We might blow you up in the comments, but let us know. Hey, look, uh, um, it, it's very difficult. It's very difficult for um, a legacy institution or a young, nimble, violently disruptive startup, right? Um, to continue to to operate their existing businesses while simultaneously reinventing themselves, right? Mm -hmm. How do you, you know, how do do you build, um, how do you, how do you run the bank while you're simultaneously trying to reinvent things at the bank to modernize the banking experience? Right. I get what you're saying, because for them, it's it's reinventing at this point, right? Because they're so established and they have everything all laid out. And for us, it's just growing. Yep. So that right yeah. there is yeah. a big difference. Yeah. One yep. requires a lot it, less thought. Hey, look, we've got, you know, we've got a lot of um, technology ourselves, right? We, we have a lot of um, a, a lot of IP valuable IP, mm-hmm. but our first focus at HECA, right, is on a positive customer experience. It's on delivering on the promise of what, you know, you signed HECA up for. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's it, that, that, that's what's keeping the lights on right now. Um, and we, and to, for us, right, without our investors behind us, we can't do both things at the same time, very difficult. And thank you know, thank goodness for our investors. Yeah, thank goodness for them. Um, and that's all. All you really need in the beginning is one that kind of kind of believes in you. Because a little background on the company: Hiko started it in around 2017, and uh, yep. our founder slash CEO, he'll eventually be on the podcast. He was. Busy with client meetings today, doing exactly what we're talking about, uh, keeping them happy, making sure that all of their needs are being met. Um, so unfortunately, couldn't be with us, but uh, he's got a lot of really interesting stories uh, for you guys. So we'll get to that eventually. But what I was going to say is uh, 
I can't remember who was the first investor that really kicked off um, Hika, but I do know that pretty much right after that, uh, Chris was starting to get government contracts. He was starting to do research for the Army and the Air Force. So, and I could be misspeaking. We're gonna <laughs> the next correction corners that we do, Mike. It's gonna have to be like thirty minutes. Of- Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to the first episode of the Hika Works podcast. We'll be back next week with a corrections corner and more.